So why are you really here? And what are you creating? I'm Ryan Lilly, and for the last decade, I've helped people to overcome their fears, to pursue their passions, to reconnect with their innate creativity, and to become successful entrepreneurs. I'm a huge fan of personal development and have studied under people like Tony Robbins, Jack Canfield, and Gary Vee, to name just a few. But now I'm taking the leap myself. I'm crossing the coals, and I'm finding out what it means to live life on purpose. Let's turn your fears into a new purpose. This is the Fear and the Purpose Podcast. All right, welcome to the Fear and the Purpose Podcast. This is episode number three, and today we are so grateful to have as our guest, Debbie Littlefield. She is a certified hypnotist and a certified mental strength counselor. Did I get that right, Debbie? Uh, mental strength trainer or mental, counselor. Yeah. Mental strength trainer. And uh, again, Debbie is a hypnotist, and today we'll learn about what that means and how that applies to personal development and overcoming whatever challenges you may have in your life. Uh, I know that there's stereotypes out there about every field and every career, and certainly <laughs> some, some people imagine a hypnotist as what we might see in popular culture as someone who's got a pocket watch and they're doing this, or maybe seen hypnotism for entertainment where people have done weird and wacky things. This is not that at all. And so today we'll get a better understanding of what Debbie's work entails and again, how it can be used to really help you overcome some challenges in your life. So thank you again so much, Debbie, for being here today. Thank you, Ryan. Debbie, if we could, just jumping right in, tell us a little bit about your story. And before you started working with hypnosis, what were you doing? Oh, well, I was a mother of six. And, well, I still am a mother of six, <laughs> but they're all grown now. And I was a single mom a lot of the time. And to support my children, I opened a child care. So I was doing child care with six children. So you can imagine the stress and overwhelm I might have been feeling at the time. It was uh, kind of a crazy time for me. So I was working 12 hours in the child care and then caring for my children during and after. Great. And I think, did I remember at some point in your uh, life you lived on a farm or you had a farm? Well, my child care was, oh, I had a, a 2,800 square foot home. So the child care was on the lower level and it was on seven and a half acres. So oh. uh, we, we had... Um, my older boys did 4-H for seven years. And so we had sheep and goats and chickens and all kinds of fun things. It was basically a petting zoo. The, uh, the child care would, would the, the kids in the child care would help out with those as well. You know, body, bottle feed the goats and help feed the chickens and collect eggs. And it was all part of our daily life. Very nice. So what led you into doing this work? How did you first get uh, introduced to hypnotism and how did, how did you uh, become doing it yourself? Well, as, as I mentioned, I was in complete overwhelm with everything that was going on in my life. And something told me to look up meditation. And I looked it up. I Googled meditation. I hadn't been meditating. I didn't really know anything about it. And I Googled it and up came this YouTube video. Now I never even played on YouTube before. And I was like, well, all right. So I 
did it. I, I listened to the audio and it just blew my mind. I mean, I never felt like that before. And it was like the beginning of a whole new journey of learning that thoughts, what we acquire, our, our life is formed around what we're thinking. So that's a, a good lead in. What, um, how is meditation similar to hypnosis? What do, do meditation and hypnosis have in common for you? Well, meditation and hypnosis are very similar states. They're both a focused, relaxed state. In meditation, we let go of thought. And in, in hypnosis, we're focusing more on a thought. So we're like, instead of um, letting go, we're installing a certain thought or belief. Hypnosis can be used to, to um, change your thinking. So if you're thinking along the lines that I'm not good enough, we can install like memories of times that you were feeling worthy and good enough. And then the subconscious mind will, will start to pick up on that and then you'll start to live as if. So would you say that meditation is a more passive state, whereas hypnosis is more actively changing those patterns in the brain? Correct. Correct. Okay. Great. So how would you sort of define hypnosis? Um, and again, give us a picture of what hypnosis looks like for you and your clients. Again, people might think of that stereotype of, that you're using a watch or, you know, what is, what is hypnosis in a professional setting look like? Well, yeah, you're right. Most people, they, they, they expect the watch, and, and, the, and the watch can be used for hypnosis because the idea is to bypass the critical mind. So if you're focusing on the watch, going back and forth, your, your mind is preoccupied. It, um, it's kind of like, have you ever driven somewhere, Ryan? And then when you got there, you couldn't remember how you got there. Absolutely, yes. Yeah, yeah, I think everybody's done that before. That is, that is you in hypnosis. So the critical mind is totally preoccupied with something else. And the, the subconscious mind just takes over. And it does the driving for you. And that, that is what the, the um, hypnotic state is, is a relaxed, focused state. And the purpose of the watch is to get that critical mind focused on something different. So would you say that most of us are already in a state of hyp hypnosis in our lives and we may not realize it? You mentioned the example of driving, but if you're in a meeting and you might, someone might call that being zoned out, but your mind is in another place, is that similar to hypnosis? It's very similar to hypnosis. We go in and out of hypnosis many times in a day naturally, and we don't realize it. I think people come alarmed about hypnosis because of they've seen on television, people controlling other people's minds. That is not possible. It's, um, or people will, oh, what if I get stuck in hypnosis? Now, at, at the very most, you'll take a nice long nap and wake up really refreshed and relaxed, but nobody's ever become stuck in hypnosis. So, so it's, the media has caused a lot of, fear around hypnosis when actually it's a very good uh, therapeutic thing to do and 
it's very relaxing, very stress relieving. So even if nothing else, you get those benefits from it. It's, it's just amazing. It's interesting you mentioned feeling very relaxed and like you have had a long sleep. I went through, the only time I've had an experience with hypnosis was in a seminar setting and someone did that and I wasn't familiar that's what they were doing, but it's, we, we thought it was more like a meditation, but it was actually hypnosis. But at the end of it, it actually felt like I had been asleep for like five hours. And in reality, it had only been like 15 or 20 minutes that we were in this kind of state. So it's interesting exactly. how calming that is. It's very calming. And people will say, well, I wasn't hypnotized. And, and you can say, well, how much time has passed? And they'll go, oh, like five, 10 minutes. And, and you know, it's been an hour. <laughs> the, the you know, and it's like... Perception of time is, is very interesting when you're in that state. Right, right. But if you go in hypnosis for just 5, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, you can restart your entire day. You know, you're like totally refreshed and renewed and ready to go. Now, Debbie, does uh, hypnosis work for everyone? Does someone have to be suggestible or open to suggestion in order for hypnosis to work for them? I would say hypnosis does work for everybody. I mean, it definitely helps if you're willing, but I've like done a conference setting like you were, you've talked and in a couple different settings, like one woman, she's like, well, I'm not going to participate. And I'm like, well, that's fine. You know, just sit there and, and you know, just observe. watch what goes on. Just, yeah, just observe. And, um, and I just talk and, and that, that's what I use. I use my voice and my language to hypnotize people. I don't have the watch, that, that's all I use. And before I know it, she's like <laughs> in, in a very relaxed and comfortable state. And um, when she come back, she had no objection. She was very happy. And, uh, and I was doing a conference, I was doing a mindset, uh, help, you know, I did a talk about how, how much your mindset can shift your life. And I did a hypnosis afterwards, and this woman came up to me, and she goes, I've been to a hypnotist three times, and they couldn't hypnotize me. How did you do that? And it was just, I think, because she wasn't expecting it, so she wasn't fighting against it. She was just sitting there listening and, and listening to me talk. And so she was able to experience hypnosis. Now, are you using music as well, or is it just your voice that people are, are hearing? When I'm doing live hypnosis, like I, I love to do group journey lives. I'll uh, go and just relax a whole bunch of folks. <laughs> Usually it's just about love, kindness, peace, feeling peaceful, and those kind of things in a group setting, because I have no idea what those people need. So I keep it very broad, very general, and it's just very relaxing. And... Uh, in those settings, it's just my voice. And uh, when, when I make, I make custom hypnotic audio. So if somebody wants a mind shift, I will put some binaural beats in the background of that. So when they're listening, they, they relax even more. So for people that aren't familiar, what are binaural beats and how does that add to the, the experience? Well, it's, it's kind of like um, brain entertainment. So they're just beats and things going off in the background, and uh, they, they they have different vibrations, so so they'll lead to different states of consciousness, if, if you will. 
but it, it really um, amplifies the hypnosis. So it can, it, it just entertains the brain and allows you to go deeper into hypnosis. So you were just talking about doing this in a group setting and you have audios and obviously you work individually with clients. How does it differ in those different settings, those different environments, working with a group versus working one-on-one? -on -one? What are you able to accomplish in each of those scenarios? When I do the groups, Ryan, it's pretty much for fun, for relaxation, for a treat for somebody. You know, I, I, I want to treat my staff to a nice hypnotic, you know, journey. And it's just a relaxing venture. Or it helps people, like, become aware that, uh, you know, not, not every hypnotist is going to turn you into a chicken. <laughs> you know, and it's just, it's very general. I keep it very general. I think the only time I did something that was very um, pinpoint, somebody asked me to do a health seminar and I did hypnosis for um, not eating sugar and, uh, you know, eating healthier. But, but normally... I keep it really general so everybody in the room can enjoy and experience. With, so, with the audios, those are very customized. People will tell me exactly what mind shift that they're looking for, and I get some background information on what triggers, why, why they're not doing it, and, and create an audio for them that they can listen to over and over again. So what are those specific things that you find people are trying to overcome? Is it addictions like smoking or eating? Um, what, what are those different applications that, that you have for hypnosis? I have done several for, um, for, for weight loss, actually a lot of them for weight loss and smoking. Those, those are very popular ones. And people already seem to know that hypnosis works for those things. I uh, also I have, I helped a woman with insomnia. She told me she had not slept for 15 years. Wow. I'm 15 years, and wow. I still get letters of gratitude from her. You know? And this was almost like two years ago. She she said, you know, it's just changed her life because you know she's not grumpy and she's a lot more alert, and, and uh, her family life is is really improved and just a lot a lot of great things. I help people. Um, this one particular gentleman wanted to excel in his workplace. He was um, an insurance person. And so I didn't even understand the lingo that he gave me, but I could put it in, in, into the hypnosis in such a way that he got it, <laughs> you know? And so he's really excelling in, in his, his industry and doing really quite well. So uh, in that application of, of business and performing better at sales and, and doing better in business, uh, is that a, a self-confidence uh, component that you're working on with hypnosis or what part of the brain are you, you speaking to in order to improve it, your, your business? Most times it is confidence. Most times. It, in this particular case, this man had very particular goals this is what I want to reach and this is why I want to reach it. And this is why, when I want to reach it by. And yeah. So, so he was already confident. He just needed to be able to focus and visualize on, on what he was going to see in his future. Visualization I'd imagine is such a huge part of it. Uh, and I, I know some people are familiar with the law of attraction and, 
seeing yeah. your future and really visually imagining what that would look like. Is that a, a, a big part of hypnosis is imagining this desired future and really seeing yourself in that place? Right. If, if, if you can see yourself in that place already, then, then the subconscious mind will, will kick in and you'll start to behave as if you've already done those things. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's very, very useful for the law of attraction. And really, it's useful for just about anything as part of, part of uh, a hypnotic journey that I'll put somebody on. It starts, all of them start with a relaxation. So everybody's going to feel very calm, very relaxed. That's what, that's my favorite part anyway. That's what I love to do is help people feel, feel that calm, peaceful feeling. And then after that, we'll talk about the changes that they want to make. And then they're led to see themselves after those changes. You know, so people will be congratulating them for if, if it was weight loss, you know, they'll go through the whole thing about losing weight and then they'll go through a thing where people are congratulating them or asking them, how did you do that? And, you know, and then giving advice. So, so when they come through, then they have already had the feeling that this is already happening. So they start to act more so. What would you say is a trigger sort of define trigger for us and then what is an association so by trigger um what things in an environment might cause a certain behavior and as a hypnotist how do you how do you work with those triggers and then the associations that people make to those behaviors so in the case of like a negative behavior like smoking do you alter that association so that when they see a cigarette or taste a cigarette they experience something negative yes so like with smoking, I've done it. So when, when they feel like they're want, wanting a cigarette, that the, the thought of having a cigarette will make them feel ill or make their mouth hot or something, you know, really repulsive. So they don't want to do it. This one woman, she wanted for, for eating. She goes, I, I know I can lose weight if I can quit eating this particular snack. Now, I have no idea what this snack is. I just know that there was the snack and I made it. So every time she put the snack in her mouth, it felt soggy and stale. And she wrote me and she's like, I was having an extremely stressful day. And I went into the store to purchase that snack. And she said, when I got to it, I couldn't do it. <laughs> and she's never ate that snack again. And uh, I find it really interesting that I don't even know what, what the snack was. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so you, so you just turn it around. So it's, it's not appealing for them any longer. And what about triggers in our, our environment? Like seeing something or hearing something that causes us to, uh, to behave a certain way. How do we get more aware of triggers? Like so many of us, I don't think we realize that, uh, for example, if you're, you're overeating, and maybe you're overweight, maybe there's uh, stress is a trigger for you in your environment that causes you to do that. But we don't, we're not aware of that. It's sort of subconscious. How do you help people more consciously um, deal with those triggers that exist around them? Well, when, when I'm interviewing them, I ask them, when, when, when did the, these behaviors kick in the most and bring it you know, to their awareness that uh, you know, you're being triggered at this time, you know, you, you're, you're feeling boredom, so you're going to eat a snack, or you're feeling stressed, so you're going to go smoke a cigarette, or you're worried about your children, so you're not sleeping, 
or you know what what is that trigger gotcha um, how, how long does a typical session last? And, and again, I know you do it in different settings, individually in groups and audio sessions, but how long is a session? And then also how frequently does that need to be uh, practiced in order to become part of your everyday thinking? Well, that depends on the person, how bad they really want it. If, if they really want the behavior change, they will listen to their audio and, uh, with, with, with the idea that I'm going to change now. This is going to help change me. And I, I recommend that they listen to their audio every day for a couple of weeks. And then anytime after that, that they just feel that they need a tune-up, that they go back and they listen to it. Uh, the, the, the lady I told you with the particular snack, she listened to it every day for two weeks, and then she listens to it once a week. Just, just, to, keep her, just to keep her going. Just to be able to go back to it again and again. Right, right. And I usually make them about 30 minutes in length. And they are very relaxing. So a lot of people choose to listen to them at bedtime. And uh, I make them so you can, you can listen to it in the day because I will count you up. So you come back to full awareness. But I also, in the audios, I will instruct, if, if you're ready for bed, to ignore the count and just go right to sleep. And so that works out for a lot of people. They'll just drift off to sleep instead of counting up, but it can be used either way. So I, I just got back from a trip today in the car, about a two hour long trip each way. And I was listening to a meditation CD that went over different meditation techniques and practices. And I realized that it may not have been a great uh, idea in the car because I was so <laughs> relaxed and I was starting to get sleepy, I had to turn it off. Um, and I know that that's a struggle for some people when it comes to meditation is that they try to meditate and then they, they drift off to sleep. Is that true of hypnosis as well as you're working with clients? Have you ever had anybody fall asleep on you? And uh, how do you work with that? A lot of times people will go to sleep. Uh, in, the, in the last group live I did, I specifically put in the hypnosis that they would stay on that borderline so their body would feel like it was asleep, but their mind would remain conscious. And that worked out really well. That nobody fell asleep. But a lot of times when I'm doing doing the group relaxation sessions, I just let people drift off. And so there'll be snoring. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and, and that's okay. Because you know, a lot of times people will come and they'll tell me, Ryan, I've never felt that before. And I'm like, you've never relaxed? No, I don't remember. I don't remember ever feeling relaxed that way. And it makes me wonder, how, how do people calm themselves down if they can't remember what that feels like to be calm? Mm -hmm. You know, and maybe, maybe that has a little bit to do with why people, you know, the world is escalating and getting more and more agitated is because we, we, we get to that place of agitation, but if we can't remember what it feels like to be calm, we don't know how to calm ourselves. And it's so like I, a, I, a lot of us are in this constant state of tension too. Like sometimes people will wake up in the morning and they haven't even started their day yet. And already we're holding this tension in our body. It's like it's exactly so when, when I'm doing the group relaxations, I, I really, I just let people go, you know, and if, if they want to fall out, I just, 
let it happen. I mean, it, it, in some settings, not not always. Like in in a conference or in things like that, you know, where people are sitting up in chairs, I really can't do that. You know, to that extent. But uh, yeah, like I, I've done sessions at like yoga studios, and, and the people just lay out on the floor, and they're expecting deep relaxation. A lot of them will just go. Going back real quick to what you, we talked about a little while ago with um, using hypnosis for business and for improving your confidence, um, so many people have that negative self-talk that holds them back from success and trying something new in life. And that's what this podcast is all about, people overcoming their fears in order to pursue their, their purpose in life. And a lot of that's, like I said, that negative self-talk. Um, a lot of it are, are repeating things that we say to ourselves, certain like uh, the, the positive side of this would be a mantra, something you, like or an affirmation that you would say to yourself. But a lot of us have those negative lines we're constantly saying. Do people as a part of your hypnosis work, do they develop those, those positive mantras and affirmations to, uh, to, to replace the negative ones? Exactly. You know, when, we're, when we're in, in those thought patterns and we're telling ourselves, this will never work out. I'm not good enough. I can never do this. I'll never be as good at podcasting as Ryan is, or <laughs> you know, whatever it is that that's in a, that is a form of self hypnosis. You are telling yourself over and over and over until you believe it. And recognizing those patterns and stopping and, and, and saying, I don't, it, it doesn't serve me to think this way. I want to go on that podcast and I want to do a good job and it, I, I'll be confident. And so you start telling yourself a new story and that, that's what hypnosis actually is, is telling yourself a new story so you can go on to do the things that you want to do. Because you spent your whole life hypnotizing yourself, telling yourself things that will hold you back. And that was when I very first started this journey, I'm sorry, but right. this is kind of important to me. When I first started this journey, I started with what I called a mindfulness bath. And I, have you ever heard of it? Um, can you say that again? A mindfulness? Um, a mindfulness bell. No, I haven't but, heard of that. It was an app. It, it was an app I put on my computer, and it was just a bell that rang. And you know, everybody around me, my my kids, they would go, "What is that?" And I was like, "It's a reminder to remind me what I was thinking about." Mm. And every fifteen minutes, this bell would go off, and I would stop, and I would think about what I was thinking about. How many people do that? You know, and so many times in the day, I was telling myself some god-awful things, you know? And then after I realized that, then I started to go on to replace those things with things that better served me. And that's how I got started, actually, in the hypnosis, was, was recognizing that I was hypnotizing myself to believe that I was not good enough that I could never do these things, that nobody would ever listen to my story. And, you know, just over and over. And it really, it made the huge, a huge difference. When we say hypnotize ourselves, it's also coming though from our environment, right? So 
the beliefs that are instilled us in us as children from our family, our parents, what other our people around us are saying, our coworkers, we internalize that, right? And that becomes the, the self-hypnosis? Right. Our subconscious mind stores. And it doesn't store what actually happened. This is very interesting. It stores our perception of what happened. Can I, can I, can, do we have a, a few minutes? I'd like to tell you a story. Yes, I'd love a story. Okay. There's this woman named Rose. And she grew up with an older brother that excelled at everything. And this made her feel like she never could measure up, that she would never be good enough. And because of that, she, she grew very shy, very withdrawn. And one day while she was driving, to pick up her daughter from dance. She was in a really horrible accident. And after being removed from her car by the jaws of life, she found herself in the hospital, unable to remember who she was. Now, unable to remember who she was, she wrote a paper about her experience with hypnosis. And she shared it, her, her experience with amnesia. And she shared it with her doctor. And her doctor's like, oh my gosh, this is great. You know, would you mind sharing this with a panel of doctors so they could understand the amnesia as well? And she agreed to do it. This really shy person, because she couldn't remember that she had told herself that she wasn't good enough. She couldn't remember all the things that she saddled herself with. And she went on to speak to people with a lot higher formal education. It, it's just, it's amazing. We, we tell ourselves these things, and uh, but they're just not true. Really? It was, all about, it was all about her perception of because her brother excelled that, that she failed. And she allowed that to take over her entire life. So related to self-confidence, that, that idea that I'm not good enough, what, other, what are some other things that someone might say to themselves related to self-confidence, similar to I'm not good enough, that you encounter with, with your clients? Well, going back to like past experiences, if, if you ever did something that didn't turn out so good, it, then, then, then the next time that that comes up, that, that memory, even if you don't actually remember the incident, that feeling of, oh, I can't do it, will come up. Right. And you, you, you need to recognize that, 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 that feeling, that voice that's telling you something bad is going to happen is because of a past experience that you may remember, may not remember, and that you need to go ahead and try to do it again. I like to look at everything as practice. So this podcast is practice for the next podcast that I do, the next time that I'm, I'm being interviewed. And that really gives me a lot of freedom because I can look afterwards and I can say, well, I could, I could improve in these ways and that wasn't so good, but that's okay. The next time will be even better. <laughs> it, you, it, just, it just lightens things up. So everything, everything's practiced for the next time. I love that. Constant improvement that you're, you're yes, time yes. getting better and, and better. And it's just practice. If, if, when, you, when you asked me to be on this podcast, Ryan, if I would have 
brought up all the times that I've been interviewed that didn't go exactly the way I wanted it to, I wouldn't have been able to, to do it. But because I viewed that time as practice and this time as practice and the next time will be practice for the next time, I can just relax and, and allow it to get better. And enjoy, enjoy the, the present moment and the time we have together. Exactly. That's, that's great. Exactly. That's great. What, um, let's see what my next question here is. Um, uh, when you're, you're doing these sessions with people, uh, you mentioned those past memories, those past experiences, and maybe someone's had some trauma in their life. Uh, maybe, you know, they've been abused or they've been, uh, you know, a veteran with PTSD or something like that, some traumatic experience um, that can obviously be very painful to bring up and to go through. How, how does that work in your, in your setting? And um, how do you help people with those past memories? Those are very hard for, for me and for them. It's, like it's every, every, everything that I do, I'll, I'll, I always try to instill comfort and peace and calm. So they, any, any session that I do, they'll walk away feeling more peaceful and calmer and, and more loved. And in working with specific trauma, you, you have to be very careful because you don't want to trigger things further, but you want, you want to turn it around so they're not feeling that anymore. Sure. And yeah, it, 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 that, that it's really, you know, working with the client and, and finding out what those triggers are and installing a new anchor and allowing them to feel some comfort as well. And what role does a person's family or support structure play after that? So after you've had a session with someone and you've helped them you know, to, to reset some of these triggers or associations, does a family or people close to that person, do they need to be aware of that? Do they need to, um, are there certain responsibilities or things they need to do post hypnosis? Well, you know, I, I don't think I've ever had anyone include their family in, in it, that, to, to my knowledge. I'm sure, you know, the woman that, that was hypnotized for sleep, I know her family was directly involved in because they were so happy she was sleeping and she shared that with them. But whether or not somebody wants to share their trauma or the, the fact that they're working on it, a lot of times that can work against, it, it depends on the family. And it depends on the family structure. Sure. Um, you know, some people will go, oh, you're doing hypnosis. That's so hokey. And, and you know, she's just taking your money and blah, 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 blah. You, you know, and uh, that wouldn't benefit them to share. You know, so uh, I would say it's it's mostly a very personal journey. Sure. I could, I could see. I could see that, certainly. Um, how can people learn more about you? And, and again, your audio programs, I know that they're available online. How can people find those and, uh, and search you out? Oh, thank you. I have a website that's called modifymymind.com. And you can go there and I, there's a blog and, and different services that I provide that, that if you're interested. I have a, a podcast called Hypnotic Journeys by Debbie. 
and that's available on Spotify and Anchor, and I think five other platforms. I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah. And I'll put a, I'll put a link to that here in the uh, comments and in the video. So again, you said that was. Uh, can you? What was the name of the podcast again, Debbie? Hypnotic Journeys by Debbie. Perfect. All right, and we look forward to listening to that. And do you do you interview people, or what? Or do you do hypnosis in those podcasts, or, or what's the format? Uh, most of, most of them are hypnotic journeys. I have okay. one for um, being able to to network, you know, in groups of people. Um, another one is just relaxation, and then another one um, I, I did. It's one that I normally do live, that I went ahead and did it put on a podcast. And then there's some talks about mind shifts and uh, like motivational talks. Wonderful. So it's kind of a mixture. Great. And if they're MP3s you can download or CDs you order or what, uh, what kind of format are they in? Well, the, um, it's they're, a podcast. they're MP3s. It's a podcast. So right. uh, yeah, they just listen. When, when, when people order a custom hypnotic audio, that's, it, it'll, it'll be an MP3. Got it. Okay. That they just download onto, onto their device. And I would definitely recommend anybody listening that you uh, check that out. I know a few people who have ordered Debbie's custom uh, custom audios and have benefited greatly from them. So uh, I do everybody please check that out. Debbie, anything else that we missed or anything else you'd like to say today? I'd just like to thank you, Ryan, for having me on. It was a pleasure. And I love your podcast. And I'm so happy for your audience that they have your uh, your knowledge that you're sharing with them. It's really a great thing. Well, thank you so much, Debbie. And again, that's Debbie Littlefield from Modify My Mind. I'll put all the links in the comments. And uh, we look forward to seeing you next week for another episode. Next week, we're going to have Debbie Lincoln with us. So don't confuse Debbie Lincoln with Debbie Littlefield. And um, we'll be talking about uh, Debbie's story and personal development. So uh, again, thank you, Debbie Littlefield, for being here today, and we'll see you all next time. Bye.